is there a captain on board? Like, someone, is, there, is there any human? Someone has to pilot the ship, right? <laughs> or are they just letting them all, like, yeah. Lord of the Flies out there as they float around? Come get us. <laughs> Somebody come out here and get us, right? It's just sort of, it's now become not a ship, but a but a barge. One of it's a platform. One of them's got a little makeshift hat on, little captain's hat on that they're wearing. <laughs> it's like a sheep mutiny that rise up. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Eight twelve. glad to have you with us on this Wednesday morning. This story is not done yet. A lot more questions. The most cliche thing to say is more questions than answers. But there are plenty of questions that remain outstanding, including... Are we going to make any changes to how we handle emergency response calls? This is the story about the 49-year-old woman who, according to preliminary reports from the medical examiner's office, suggests she froze to death after falling on ice at a bus stop in Milwaukee. There was a 911 call that was placed. Somebody called it in, having spotted this woman. And the initial response occurred within minutes. A private ambulance company was dispatched to the scene. According to our early reports, the ambulance drove by a couple of times, made a cursory look around the intersection. So initially responded, was there quickly within four minutes, looked around, looked around again, could not locate the woman, checked all the corners, placed a call to her cell phone. Okay, let's see, follow up, found nothing, and then took off. And you have the president of that ambulance company now saying that, Sorry, but protocol was called, uh, was followed. We did what we were supposed to do. And to be honest, he came off rather insensitive. I think some of the things he said bear out some consideration by us. I understand where he was coming from, but there's no question he came off insensitive. And it rubs some people the wrong way. So his name is Jim Baker. He was among those uh, as part of a news conference yesterday on this matter. The fire chief was there, a couple of members uh, from Curtis Ambulance Company, the private company involved here, uh, were there. So here, let's do this. So I have like a two-minute uh, piece from that news conference. You I like that. that? Yeah. Can you play? We have the whole thing. Yeah. Just play like, a little bit of a long form. That way you don't know, you know, necessarily get this in the 10 o'clock news, right? So this gives you a yeah. little bit more of an idea. And the first question, this was, you know, a couple minutes into the news conference, is you can hear the reporter in the background asking, why is there no disciplinary action being given to those EMTs? Can you explain why no disciplinary action to the first responders who arrived? Because they didn't do anything wrong. Um, the EMS system here worked as designed. The first ambulance, which was for a low-priority call, was there within four minutes. When the patient is not there, and you've looked as best as you can see, this is bad lighting conditions, you have to understand that false alarms are a common thing in the EMS system, particularly at bus stops. So what will happen is someone will call for an ambulance, the bus comes, they get on the bus, and they leave. And that's very common. So the crew did the best they could by looking for the patient. The patient was not upright, the patient was hidden by objects and was not actually at the bus station. They, they were on scene for six or seven minutes. They attempted to call the patient back. They notified the dispatch center, and they took another call. Do you think if they just gotten out of the car, they would have called Well, they would, it would have had to get out of their car, and they would have had to check each of the four bus stops. When, you can, when you've got pretty good visibility, 
you should see the patient. In this case, the patient was down behind objects. They did not see the patient. But would you say that there wasn't good visibility because of the weather conditions and how high those snowbanks were? Well, you can't check behind every snowbank. You can't check behind every walk down alleys, walk in the Walgreens that's there at the corner, I'm, whatever. You do the best you can. To a certain extent, um, you can't go do patient searches for 300 patients a day. So are you satisfied with their actions that day? I am. We, we've sat and interviewed both of the crew members. We felt that they did their due diligence. Um, they're aware of what happened. Um, I'm sure they don't feel good about it. We don't feel good about it. It's a very, it's like a series of unfortunate events. Uh, and it's, it's, it's sad, but it's a reality of what we deal with in EMS every day of the year. So that's the CEO of the company, the president of the company, uh, Curtis Ambulance, talking about why that initial response did not yield any emergency action on uh, the woman who was killed or who died. I mean, a couple of quotes stood out to me. I don't know what stood out to you, but they did as you do as best you can to see. You see, they uh, they would have had to get out of their car, or they could would have had to get out of their vehicle. Can't check through. Every you can't snowbank. check behind every snowbank. And I guess I did think you can't. And maybe that's not the protocol. So that can, and, yeah, and that's where I I kept, you can't. I mean, you could, yeah, but yes, then could. how, I mean, he mentioned that there's so many false alarms, so then how do you dictate which is a false alarm and which is not? Um, you know who is hot on this? Our guy, Dr. Ken. Yeah, Dr. Ken Harris from 1017 The Truth, former Milwaukee police lieutenant. He was not happy with the situation. You're getting paid by the city, so you represent the city, so do your job. And they dropped the ball. So he joined us earlier on Wisconsin's Morning News, and he was disappointed in a couple of different things with this. For them to say it was a low-priority call that a human being slipped and fell and you can't find them is is literally insulting to every resident of the city of Milwaukee. I think that, that the ball was dropped significantly, to say that you go to a lot of calls and nothing happens, police do that every day. Fire department does that every day. You take the same vigilance with every single call because you don't know when that one call is going to be the call. This was the call. To be that lazy and not get out of a car to look for someone. Well, they were. she was hidden by a snowbank. Well, and I think that's where a lot of folks are going to find fault with what was said uh, by uh, Baker there is... Okay, yeah, yes, you you arrived on scene, you looked around. I appreciate that you have many calls. What did he say? They had 300-some calls in the day, and I appreciate that there was another call to get to. Okay, but you know, to not have in your protocol, like when you show up for a fall where a person, right, you don't know what happened to the, did that person, maybe drag him or herself into another spot, or is it a period, right. you know, fall behind something where you don't know, shouldn't part of that be at least one of you gets out and has a look around? But, and that's where I, I, I wonder how you can manage that though. So say it's, say it was a false alarm. How long are you looking though before you can dub it a false alarm? See, and I think you were right to press Ken on that question because you're like, how, how long should they have stayed? And he's like, well, till, till the call's closed. Right. Well, when you close the call. Here's a and there bit. are there are false alarms. Of course, right? right. And here's a little bit more from Ken on that. Clearly they've cleared a lot of their calls erroneously because we don't know if anything yeah. went bad because we can't go back and change it. But clearly this one, they dropped the ball right, and they proved right. I'm not going to even get out. Why? Because it's cold outside. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense.
oh, if it was warm, I would have got out and looked. But because it's cold, sub-zero weather, we're talking about a person's life here. If any time you should have gotten out, it should have been now, but you do the same thing every time. There's a reason why you're trained a certain way, so you do it all the time, so everyone gets the maximum help. See, and I'm down with getting out of the out of the vehicle. I feel like that, you know, if that's not the protocol, then maybe it should be. But there is a time where you have to call it and say, like, we came here, we looked, there's nothing there. Yeah. Because there's no question. I mean, even Ken admitted, like, we get called it. When he was with the police, we could call the bogus stuff all the time. Or what was once a situation no longer became. Someone fell down, somebody called 911, they thought they saw some person was fine, got up and left. You know, right. Got on the bus and rode away. Probably way more often than not, that's how those situations resolve themselves. So what is the number? How many minutes? Is it 5? Is it 10? Is it 20? I don't know, but maybe the number is only exhausted after you've at least gotten out on foot and had a look around. Well, and we asked Ken also, um, you know, what, what's the expectation for a private ambulance company versus MPD or the fire department? And he said, well, we're paying them. The city's paying them, so it should be the same. Um, whether or not they're the same right now, clearly they're not. At least one of the people who's bent out of shape over this from the city is Alderman Mark Borkowski, outgoing as he were. He chairs the City Ambulance Service Board, and he was quoted in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Here's his first one. Alderman Borkowski is never at a loss for colorful words, and he starts out hot. I just think that it's pathetic that we didn't make the effort to get out of the vehicle. What was the cost as far as time? A minute or two max? Really? Now, he went on in the article to say that uh, he knows the, the president of the company personally. He said he's a better guy than this. It, uh, I don't think he meant for it to come off that way, but it, but it came off insensitive. Um, he said the city definitely can get in and review this contract. And to Dr. Ken's point, they could cancel the contract and go with somebody else yeah. if there is a somebody else. Yeah, he was calling for that. Sever it. But there are, you know. Ambulance services, they're advertising for people all the time, just like every business is looking for people. So is there a better option? Sometimes there's not. Well, I I do think also sometimes we just assume that, you know, what we see on television is always going to work. It's not like they had, like, real-time tracking devices from her cell phone that they could have followed. That just doesn't exist. So something like that is not something that can be done. And, again, I'm not justifying what happened by any means, but... I think oftentimes we just assume that someone is easy to find or that we can get them that quickly. And unfortunately, in this case, just devastating that she was there. And then ultimately a bystander, someone walking by, ended up finding her. And that's when the Milwaukee Fire Department EMS crew was dispatched. They did try to revive her. Uh, Those efforts were unsuccessful. But how much time passed in between might have been the difference between life or death for this mother of two 49-year-old woman who died. One more from Borkowski as we consider what happens next. Again, quoted in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, we look at situations like this and we go, is protocol change necessary? In this case, I don't think there is. That's what was, that was from the CEO right. or the president of the company. Borkowski feels differently. He said, I would bet my house that neither of those private ambulance services will ever do that again. 823 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 827 Wisconsin's Morning News. A lot of folks uh, interested in the story that we just presented about the ambulance situation and the woman who fell and uh, was later later pronounced dead after life-saving measures were taken. But after an initial ambulance crew passed on that scene, having 
given a look after a couple of times through the intersection for a woman who had fallen. They didn't see her. They left without ever getting out of the ambulance. The president of the company is defending their actions. A lot of folks questioning that. On the WDTMJ talk and text line, 855-616-1620, here's one from the 414. I hear what's being said about there always being some false calls. However, the call was for a fall. How can you not look at the sidewalks behind the snowbanks? Um, a couple of people asking about why they didn't try to call. Here's one from the 414. I've called 911 before, and they ended up calling back a little later when they arrived on scene to get more information because I had left the scene. I feel they could do the same here. They could have called. Why not call the caller back? In this case, they did, and it went right to voicemail. Um, whether or not she was able to even answer the phone at that point, we don't know. But they did try to call the number. Yeah, and another texter asked, how did they know her cell phone? It appears that she was the one who yeah. called 911 when she fell. I guess that, too, is another indicator that maybe this required a better look. Right. Because, okay, someone calls, I'm, I'm injured, I've fallen. You call back and there's no answer. Do you know why that might be? Because they can't answer. Right, right. It's yeah. actually an emergency. And it's 20 below zero. And right. I, I keep going back to, like... It obviously happens because we're getting a couple of texts about it. There are ultimately many times when someone calls 911 and either leaves the scene themselves or it's not really an emergency. In this case, clearly it was. But at what point? At what point is it on the paramedic to determine whether or not someone is really in danger? And he did bring that up. Mm -hmm. The president of Curtis Ambulance did say, like, what, run into the Walgreens? And look in there for someone and call out and ask. Right. When is the call is, over? When is it going? Done? Yeah, is it going through all the alleys? And again, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that they're that they what they did is right. However, I I do think there has to be some type of clearance protocol as to how how long do you stay on the scene before you find the person. Clearly, in this case, they would have found her had they looked closer. But in many cases, there isn't anyone there. It sounds like it appears just from what we've heard over the last 24 hours. A couple of other questions as to why this was a low-priority call. You had sub-zero temperatures, and someone has fallen in those conditions. But, again, it's city of Milwaukee. So what would a high-priority call be? Like gunshot wounds. Right. Right. And that's a thing that these services deal with. Traditionally, I think that would probably be firefighters on the higher priority or whatever. You'd have the Milwaukee Fire Department answering that EMS call. But nonetheless, right, in terms of where things rank, someone who's slipped and fallen, they might be thinking mm, broken leg or, you know, at worst or something like that. Right, right. In those temperatures, maybe that escalates because it could be life-threatening if that person isn't gotten to. But in terms of why that would be a low-priority call relative to some of the other stuff that goes on in town, yeah, it is. Here's a good one to end with. Uh, from the 414, I think we can all agree on this one. The errors made in responding to the call were one thing. That press conference was a disaster. 831 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 839 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 16,000 sheep and cattle. 16,000 head. You got to say yes. it like that. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, 16,000 head of how many, sheep How many and head cattle? of cattle you got on that yeah. ship? 16,000 right now <laughs> are currently floating in the sweltering heat off the coast of Western Australia, floating on a ship. Now, why were they on the ship? So they were being taken from Australia to Israel on January 5th, where it was to be unloaded. But the ship was diverted from its course in mid-January due to the threat of an attack by the Houthi militia, of course, with everything going oh, on Oh, sure, there. that would be through the Red Sea. Yeah, so... Which is under siege. 
sent home by the Australian government, sent back. Now, they could still maybe go around Africa because some ships have been doing that, and we've been reporting about that, how you could go the other way. However, the issue yeah. here is you got to refuel that. They cannot bring the animals back onto Australia because of their very strict biosecurity rules there. So there they sit, floating. We'd like to see them taken off the ship. Rebecca Tapp from Stop Live Exports, raising concerns they could be exported again. The idea of sending them back to see if it's inhumane. John Hassel from Australia's Farmers Federation says the livestock's welfare is good. Animals are happy sitting there on a floating feedlot. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Says you. How do you know how they feel? Uh, that was reporter Scott Maimon, by the way. Yeah, I like well, that line. Animals are happy sitting there. <laughs> yeah, sitting there, having the time of their lives. They're in the pool there on the ship. They're also enjoying some of the other amenities, like the uh, the zip line or the magic show right. that the, the ship provides. Up in first class, it's three meals a day they're enjoying. <laughs> the buffet is fantastic. Taking pictures with Mickey Mouse. I mean, they got everything on that ship. Character breakfast, you know. (laughs) Shows are fabulous. We've got a dance review. We've got a comedian. Think about it. They got comedian, like some goat comedian. Just wait for the hypnotist to come by. (laughs) We're going to turn you into a chicken. (laughs) Johnny Williamson is doing a wonderful show. He's uh, one of our top cruise performers. (laughs) He's fantastic. The the zip line is a bit. Now, now the cattle can't go on the zip line, but the the sheep can. They're the proper weight. I can't imagine so many questions. Hey, like what that must smell like on that ship, first of all. <laughs> My gosh. And like, is there a But they're captain? out in the ocean. There's a breeze. Is there a captain right? on board? Like, Someone, is, there, is there any human? Someone has to pilot the ship, right? <laughs> or are they just letting them all, like, yeah. Lord of the Flies out there as they float around? Come get us. <laughs> Somebody come out here and get us, right? It's just sort of, it's now become not a ship, but a... But a barge. One of it's a platform. One of them's got a little makeshift hat on, little captain's hat on that they're wearing. Hey, it's like a sheep mutiny that rise up. <laughs> what's that? Well, what's ahead. that Orwellian book? 1984? You know, the, no, the, uh, it's, it's Animal of that Farm. style. Animal, Animal Farm. Farm. That's what I was good. thinking of. Right. When the pig take over, what was his name? Napoleon? Very good. One, wow. of, those, one of those sheep take over the ship. All right, I'm in charge <laughs> now. Great. Oh. So as of Move now, all the cattle down to steerage, literally. As of now, all they're doing, they're sitting just with their feet up on all the nice the deck chairs in the pool until they figure out what's going to happen there. They can't bring them back to Australia. Eventually, they will be sent to slaughter, I would assume. Well, right. I mean, they don't, they're not, they don't have any interest in getting to their destination here. <laughs> yeah, so they're good where they are. <laughs> not so much. No I mean, the next so port they go to, it's not going to be great. Do we normally ship livestock? So actually, it's funny you say that. I've been reading into this a little bit. Australia actually is considering not doing this much longer. Like, like let's that just this uh, would, yeah. take care of it here. If you need yes. some meat, we can send it yeah. over. And in fact, that's been considered. This may actually push that forward yeah, a little bit, considering it. the issues that they're running into. Animals are happy sitting there. Eight forty-seven, Wisconsin's morning news. Do you want any more of that, or are we done with it? We're done with it. We'll monitor the situation with the with the sheep. FBI is going to Capitol Hill today. Basically, yes. they're going to tell Congress, uh, "Hey, you got to start thinking about what we're going to do when China blows up all our tech." Yeah, FBI director is going to be on Capitol Hill saying that Congress has to do something, has to do more to stop Chinese hackers from causing real harm to Americans. So the top intel officials are going to tell a House committee that investigators there that the U.S. isn't doing enough to stop the country from being targeted 
in that China could hit critical electric grids, could hit oil pipelines, transportation. I mean, we've seen pieces of this before with some ransom attacks and whatnot. U.S. Intel officials say those attacks could cost the U.S. trillions of dollars and threaten lives, and that Congress must make sure that they devote resources to stopping future Chinese cyber attacks. And some of them could be smaller things. Some of them could be big, right? You talk about going after the electrical grid mm. and, and what that can mean. I mean, look what happened just this last couple of weeks ago when we had that major storm and that knocked people out for so long. It was only a couple of days. And, and how many rough. disruptions can that cause in the economy? You know, banking, with your money. What if yep. you can't go to get your cash out? What if you can't do electronic transactions? Your Zelle is down, your whatever. Like, how do we engage in commerce? So one thought, at least one theory as to why China would even be interested in this at the moment is because of Taiwan. So say Chinese decided to, okay, we're going to go into Taiwan now. Would this be something that's thrown out ahead of time? You know, that's what the intel is saying. Like, would they... Crippling our ability to react? Yes. And, and distract, slow us down, all that. Now, I found it very interesting, and CNN had an article about this. They did say near the end of the article that uh, China has already confirmed and reiterated that it would not interfere with our election in November. <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. We're going to take off on no- November 7th or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. That's right. I, all right, so that day's yeah. clear, I guess. Uh, Don't worry. We might, we might the following Tuesday <laughs> right. blow up your electric grid here with our cyber bomb. Speaking of China, so TikTok is in the news. Um, and obviously, you've heard the issues with TikTok in the past about whether or not um, it's safe for that use it's destroying our right. children. But you know what also what it does? It's a great advertising platform for propaganda and music. Oh, I see I see yeah. where you're going. So all kinds of music. So when you go on there and post a video or post a picture whatever, you can always put music to whatever that is. Well, starting today, Universal is a music studio that has a lot of clients like yeah, this is a big label. Taylor Swift they have all of these big names. Today's their last day. They will be allowed to be used by a TikTok app because their deal runs out at the end of the day. If you're not a user of TikTok, you've heard of it, but here's how it works. You go in there and you make these short little videos. And one of the cool things about TikTok that was so attractive to it for all kinds of people, not just young people, but I remember when I was first getting into video production. I was in college and I learned how to edit video. This yeah. was back in the time when you needed three machines and tape multiple tapes and you could edit like you couldn't just you didn't have a phone to edit on so when i first started to learn how to do this one of the coolest things that we all liked was we make like music videos sure they looked just like mtv except it was us dorks <laughs> we did a dunk video yes. yeah, you know things like that but it was so cool because you could have scenes from your life or whatever you were doing and you put it and to music Beastie boys and playing in the background yeah right tiktok allows you to do that in this platform and has licensed music the most popular names and the biggest songs. So you can put whatever scene you're doing to a little bit of music. And it's super cool, and that's why people like it. So people are like, TikTok's ridiculous. Well, there are a lot of ridiculous things about it. Sure. But one of the reasons that people like it is it's just kind of cool. And one of the reasons a music label would like it is because oftentimes music gets resurfaced or discovered for the first time, and artists can, it can make hay on that. There's some advertising, if you will. It's a great publicity thing but all of these bands the weekend sting u2 ariana grande harry styles post malone bob dylan pearl jam coldplay they they will not be able to be used on there so what tiktok is saying universal claims well they're 
they're lowballing us. They're they're not going to give us as much as they gave us before, as far as money and compensation. TikTok says, "Hey, look, this is a billion users using this site, and this serves as a free promotional and discovery vehicle for you. We don't need to give you much of anything because you're using us as a promotional vehicle. Then fine, if it, we're." It, if, if you don't like that, if you don't like that free publicity, then fine. Yeah, no good for you. we yeah. got a whole bunch of other labels. Right, They'll find other music. And I kind of think the leverage does lean toward TikTok, because what's a 15-year-old going to do if that 15-year-old can't find Coldplay? Drop TikTok. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to find something else They'll that move on to their... the next song. Yeah, so like, oh, this song sounds cool. In fact, a lot of times what you do when you make a video is you search maybe your topic. So... If I had a funny video of Eric falling down outside, and I wanted to post that on TikTok, I'd falling down. And then it would give a bunch of suggestions yeah. for mm-hmm. popular songs or some original works or whatever that uh, might fit that moment. Right. So they'll just search for something else if they can't find a specific song. I think that's a great point in that I look at my kids and how do they discover new music. It's not by listening to FM radio. They're in this space. They hear a song they like. That causes them to want to then right. invest in that song or that artist in another way. So, so we'll see. Big this platform to give up. Could be the end of Taylor Swift on TikTok after today. And we'll all be okay. 8.53. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Drake Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. If you're hoping for a winter reprisal here, it's not seeming to show up. So tough conditions if you like snowshoeing or snowboarding or anything like that around here. Decreasing clouds today. Mild temperatures continue with a high of 45 degrees. And through the weekend, we have temperatures topping out in the low to mid 40s. You super excited about that scoreboard coming to American Family Field? Brewers put out a rendering of the scoreboard. We've been hearing for some time that they were going to get a, this massive new scoreboard out in center field. That long overdue, they wanted to update, upgrade that. Which I feel like thing. every five years or so, we hear about a bigger or larger scoreboard because it gets outdated. The technology gets so yeah. much better, right? Yeah, right. It becomes more affordable. So the Brewers are now going to build a scoreboard that's going to put them among the top few teams in the league for size of scoreboard slash replay board. And the rendering is... They won't even have the movable walls in the background anymore because it just can't covers. see it. Right? <laughs> it's that big. It's getting close to that, man. This thing is more than 12,000 square feet. It's monster vision, and it's awesome. There's even a second video, too. So they're going to have even two boards up just to make it even more cool. That one's going to be off towards the sort of angle towards right field. And then there's some other digital stuff they're going to be doing behind home plate. Yeah. So all those upgrades should be in place for this season. I just saw that picture. Sweet. <laughs> it's it's on my lost. Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram. If you want to take a look, just uh, click on over there. It's fallen to his own. Just, and I guess it's a lot different than what used to be a county back in the day. That busted old thing, right? <laughs> the, used the to have the cigarettes were half off. What was it? Winston? That was the cigarette advertiser <laughs> on it. That was when you could just smoke there in the bleachers. It's fine. You use the restroom with the rats sometimes. Right. <laughs> It was a, man, it was a great place to watch baseball, Absolutely. though. Absolutely. Sight lines Absolutely. were unbeatable. Love Old County Stadium. But, yeah, it's a long way from that. 8.57, we've got Steve Scafidia, WTMJ, now coming up next.